Yeah, that's right. And do you prefer Matt or Matthew? Oh, Matt's fine. Matt's fine. Um, Doug, by the way, do you mind if I call you Doug? Uh, my best friend is called Doug, so it feels really natural. <laughs> yeah, most people call me Doug. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Yeah. I, you guys putting your fancy longer names on your, your account names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my name's Tom, and I like it that way. You're listening to the Music Manument Podcast for March 30th, 2014. Learn more at musicmanument.com. Hi, and welcome to another Music Manument. I'm Tom, and joining me is Doug. Hi, Doug. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm doing better now that we got our uh, half-hour-long escapade with Skype. That nobody got to witness but us. Yeah. (laughs) Well, our guest did. Yes, yes, our guest did. And uh, the guests that we have today, we have uh, Matt and Tony from Hearse Pileup. Hello, guys. Hi there. Hi. I was, I was going to say, am I saying that correctly? Because I, on my browser, I have the, uh, the website pulled up. And as one word, I feel like I was like, wait, did I, did I mess that up? <laughs> Yeah, it I, could be he arse pilot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, or upty, you know, because you got the uh, .de. But you guys yeah. clearly speak uh, English natively, it sounds like. Correct? Yep. Yeah, so what's what's with the DE uh, website? Oh, it's a, it's a vanity domain thing because uh, I just like the idea of having uh, pile up. Oh, I just got that because my next thing was going to be why do you have a slash URL and I just caught on to that that it's hearspileup.deat yeah <laughs> wow it's a bit geeky. oh that's pretty funny okay that answers yeah. two of the questions I had <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome um, I'm glad that you put that much thought and effort into that <laughs> um, I should probably clear I, I'm actually a web developer so I, I get quite into like computers and stuff okay Front end or back end? Um, a little bit of both, mostly front end, but I've been experimenting a lot with WordPress and PHP. So okay, so actually working both. with uh, sort of you know uh, CMSs and sort of building crap out template wise. Yeah. yeah, and lots of like customization and that kind of thing. So I'm pretty exper- experienced with WordPress now. Okay, yeah, and I'm, I won't go too long into this. I'm a front end developer myself, so this is only going to take a second, Doug. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> That's fine. I mean, <laughs> I mean web development I mean, is now part of uh, of what being a band you kind of got to know at least a little bit, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's it's funny the way that you learn when you first start out. It's like, oh, you build a web, you know, this is how you write the HTML, and this is how everything perfectly is. And then you get a job in the real world, and it's like, hey, we got this piece of crap we've been using for ten years. We want you to make it look better but you can't touch anything on it you know it's like yeah. you can't build it all nice and fancy and organized you got to work on something that people have been working on for years and just basically yep. um, like smush crap all over it complete mess and then they ask you to make it work in ie6 <laughs> yes <laughs> that's true but i gotta say that if you are which i've gotten very very uh well versed in doing that if you do have that ability basically you're you you can pretty much uh guarantee a job anywhere if you have the ability to really make shit work in in ie6 but uh seriously i mean why are we supporting a browser that's like way over it's like what is it like 20 years old now yeah it's ridiculous uh, um it's only like developing i swear it's only like developing countries that are using it these days yeah and and it's even to the point where like people are going okay we won't support that but we'll support down to seven and it's like seven's only like maybe five years younger (laughs) it's still really old 
So Internet Explorer 6 came out on August 27th, 2001. Get so out of here. 20 years old, but it's wow. near on 13 years old. I thought for sure it would have been, I guess I would have assumed it came out with like Windows 95, but I guess I don't yeah. know what the hell was being used in Windows 95. Probably Internet Explorer 1, Tom. Oh, yeah. Wow. Look at you with the knowledge. Or with the with with the basic you know knowledge that probably makes sense deductively. Um, anyway, so there. I, look, I have a degree in information <laughs> science, and we could do this show and talk about web development. But probably our listeners are ready to. Move no, on. no, I was ready to move on. Just a guess. Okay, shut up, man. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, now getting past that, uh, why don't you, for people who have now been listening to this, tell us a little bit about your band uh, for those listeners that may never have heard of you before. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we're called House Pileup. Um, we've been around for what, like uh, at least three years? Yeah, got to be at least, at least three years. Been around for a little while. Um, and basically... I started the band after a, a, like a, a long period of doing nothing. Um, it's funny, you go to art school and you'd expect that like everyone wants to start a band up, but they were the most insular, like least welcoming people in that sense. Really? Um, in, terms of start, in terms of making music, it was really weird. There were a few people, but nothing really kind of came out of it. So once I left, um, I got in contact with Tony, who's actually a really old friend. And decided to do something really angry, which is which is Hearst Pileup. Um, and it just, yeah. I actually grew up listening to uh, Pink Floyd and, and um, progressive rock mostly. But um, kind of felt like it was time for a change. And so we went down a much more aggressive route. Kind of things like, um, if you know uh, the song Millionaire by Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. That was like a really huge influence on me. Like that specific song, I just couldn't get enough of at the time hmm. and then was that sort of the uh that that sort of feeling the influence for the name i mean where did you where did you think of hearst pile up it wasn't that you actually witnessed one correct uh no no we didn't witness one <laughs> um no the name actually came from our first drummer um i was having problems coming up with something that was anywhere near halfway decent and he just came out with it and he was like it was just uh, for him it was like the idea of the ultimate bad luck, you know, after you've died and the car you're in gets into a pileup. And I just thought it was so good. Um, hmm. We never looked back. So it wasn't really the idea of a bunch of hearses just running into each other. It was it was that that is essentially what it becomes in that situation. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I pictured it the other way. But, you know, if that's how you want to do it, <laughs> I suppose. Take the easy way out. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So what kind of uh, what kind of music would you say from all that you do play? Um, let's see. So it's uh, like <clears throat> it's somewhere between sort of traditional messy punk music. Uh, like we're kind of uh, quite into noise rock, like Lightning Bolt, and um, if you know the Coach Whips, mm -hmm. like kind of very loud and raw and messy, but then kind of going slightly more in the direction of some of the guys who are a bit more structured, like um, like Queens of the Stone Age, with a that get a bit more adventurous with structure, I guess you could say, and sort of time signatures. Um, so I kind of place us somewhere in that ballpark. Lots of people say, like, um, they reference uh, Iggy and the Stooges, 
um, and uh, the white stripes to a certain extent as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so somewhere around there. And I was watching the uh, the shiny things, the pretty shiny things uh, launch teaser, and uh, yeah. A lot of a lot of the references you just made were were kind of split cut in there, but it seemed like they were sort of being done ironically. Uh, what's uh, or or am I misreading that? I don't know. You have you have a lot of imagery flashing at you, which is kind of funny because the song that you're talking about is more like you know pretty shiny things, and then you're also going buy our album, buy our album, which I thought was yeah. pretty funny. Uh, why don't you no. tell us a little bit about that? Um, oh, it's a sh- shame, actually. I don't think we have any EPs. Basically, yeah, the, that was very astute. It was very much sort of a... Um, the song in itself is quite a bit of a joke, you know? It's like, yeah. it's very attention-seeking. It's very much kind of a, a criticism of capitalism from, uh, uh, like, the perspective of someone who's very much entrenched in it, you know? It's about wanting more stuff and so even like the uh, the album itself when the, not the album sorry the ep itself um i currently work at a, a design uh, company soon so okay. i got some help doing this we got it custom made out of a thick card with a uh, a silver foil emboss on it so it's oh, it nice. is in itself a pretty shiny thing ah. you see <laughs> there you go with the word play again i love it yeah <laughs> yeah so it's, yeah it's all very much like that kind of meant to be done in an ironic fashion definitely uh-huh. and uh I, I do like too um some of the some of the things in it like one of the images that you you flash on the screen is of johnny rotten but he's in like a house robe in like his fancy kish- kitchen drinking a you know drinking a giant mug of coffee but he has his you know punk yeah. rock hairdo and I, you guys you guys wouldn't have got that actually i don't think um basically he did a series of butter commercials oh really yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, him and obviously Iggy Pop was in there as well. And both of them are kind of um, have done some things in the recent past, which kind of definitely are outside of the scope of the traditional punk ethos. Yeah. And so it was very much a cheeky sort of, you know, uh, dig at that. Okay. Yeah. It's like they're doing it ironically, but at the same time, too, it's like that's probably your real house. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're like, oh, I mean, no, I'm course, being ironic. They kind of earned the right to do it in a way, like you know, yeah. They were both incredibly influencing musicians, but it's still very ironic, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's a a guy that uh, Martin Atkins, I believe his name is, or is that the guy that did the Atkins diet? Shit, I don't remember. But the basically the one of the original drummers for for uh, Public Image Limited. Uh, yeah, he lives he lives in Chicago or he lived in Chicago and now he lives where I do in Madison, Wisconsin. And yeah. he was doing a, a talk at a local conference and everybody was really excited to see him. And, uh, you know, it was cool watching him and stuff. And he was talking about kind of uh, he's promoting a book and talking about yeah. his rock and roll you know, career and never give in to capitalism or whatever. And then I realized halfway through, I'm like, wait, this entire thing is you hawking your book. Yeah. <laughs> so halfway through, I'm like, you kind of just lost credibility to me right now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. So it, it was kind of interesting. And that's what that made me think of even, I mean, obviously just because we were talking about Johnny Rotten, but um, yeah, so same, same sort of thing. But I mean, you know, it's uh, like a, like a thing I saw online recently. It was a picture of, of uh, Henry Rollins and um, Ian McKay. 
standing next to each other and it's like and the caption was punk's not dead it just goes to bed at a reasonable hour now (laughs) (laughs) i mean you have to adjust as you get older and make room for the other people i suppose yeah for sure but uh yeah that was that was where i was going with that anyway so uh, you were okay so you were talking about uh you mentioned the ep i mean we were talking about the pretty shiny things launch here uh the ep is out it's up on Bandcamp. that's right uh any any interesting uh, outcome, sort of? I mean, how did it go? Tell us about the new EP. <laughs> um, yeah, it went all right. It went all right. It was mostly sort of um, like our our entry into sort of punching a bit further above our weight. Um, we got a we got a fairly good response to it. We've had some a um, couple of people over over in the states buy the album, buy the EP, which has been pretty cool. Um, one of the nice things is that. Uh, you, you may or may not have noticed it, but we released it as a um, pay what you want, uh, no minimum fee mm-hmm. uh, download. So it's interesting to see what people think three tracks worth of music is, is worth as well. And the fact that, you know, quite a few people do actually buy it rather than, than download it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and are you saying uh, the physical one or are you just are you talking about the digital one as well? Oh uh, no! It's, it's a three pound minimum for the for the um, physical one, but that's just because uh, you got to cover production costs. Right. Yeah. Just making sure that was clear, so people didn't think, "Oh, I can just pay whatever I want for the for the actual CD." <laughs> Which I mean, yeah. I guess that would still get people to the page. So what the hell? And then they'll realize, and then they'll go, "Oh, I'll just I'll just buy it now anyway." Um, so so the uh, how the artwork you said you had done that yourself. I mean, where did the where did the initial inspiration of the artwork come from? Oh, I'm looking at the close-up of it now, too, and that looks really nice. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just one of those things where um, I think it's, it's you know, that whole idea of a, a montage of imagery is, is fairly um, fairly common. Mm-hmm. And it just, um, the you know, it, it kind of just embodies the concept quite well. You know, you take all these luxury items and put them together and it forms a, a death's head it is kind of to the point and, and kind of did what you wanted quite well yeah and then when you add that kind of the silver foiling onto it it just kind of knocks the concept into place and makes it this really nice thing to hold which you know then it's, it's got this seductive property to it mm-hmm. which um considering it's meant to be like a pretty shiny thing i thought was really cool and you so you have you switched drummers since you recorded the album or uh yes we have fa- fairly recently so we've got a new drummer on board right now which is um why in the the recent couple of months we haven't really been gigging as we've sort of been uh first firstly looking and then kind of getting the new guy up to speed so we're kind of just now in a position where we're ready to start getting back out there again mm-hmm. yeah because i but, see I, I know on your site you have uh no shows coming up for now yeah. yeah yeah no those that that will be changing very soon oh um might be yeah we i mean we've, we've got a we've got a, we nearly had one in for when was it it was like next week wednesday i think it was yeah yeah sure. um <clears throat> just you know getting back in contact with some of the promoters we know and making sure that they know we're back in the loop and sometimes things fall out of place so yeah. That one fell through, but we're, we've got the next show coming up pretty soon. Well, how long has it been? I'd say maybe two months, something like that. Oh, that's Christmas. nothing. <laughs> if it, oh, God. If, if, 
it's it's that thing you know playing live is 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 like is like a drug it just sort yeah. of once you do it once you just got to keep doing it and so anything more than a month for me starts i start getting sort of withdrawal symptoms <laughs> and do you have do you have are you guys working on anything new any new uh i mean cuz the ep that we're talking about was released a year ago right that's right yeah i know we we um actually have <clears throat> so much stuff um we, we we really need to basically at the moment i just want to kind of get us doing a few more gigs sort of getting excited about the band again and then straight after that we i don't know whether we'll go for an album but we definitely have enough material for an album um it's just down to what we think would work best from a sort of publicity standpoint and and how people will best consume the music you know yeah yeah and how um, far, well how far out do you guys usually usually tour wait did i ask about no i was asking about the ep sorry i got confused i was scrolling down the page and then i saw the the tour thing again never mind uh yeah keep telling me about what you were i apologize <laughs> i'm just going through your stuff here i'm looking at all i'm looking at all the pretty shiny things yeah while you're talking. <laughs> yeah and the other thing is yeah we definitely want to do another music video soon as well because it was a it was so much fun yeah pretty shiny things so much fun yeah and it's so uh it's what uh i mean what what are you thinking of doing for a video are you gonna do one of the other ones off of the off of the ep or something new no we'll probably move on we'll probably do something new uh we might there was one good idea we had for generation y which we might consider doing um but at this point in time you know with the ep sort of a year in the past and with a bunch of new stuff as well i think it's going to be more interesting for us to move on to um well there's one in specifically that i'm thinking of that i'd love to do but it's just whether at this point in time we've got the budget to do it really well because um uh essentially it boils down to us um people eating shit is the only way i can put it (laughs) nice Um, i had an idea of something that's kind of a bit extreme a little bit controversial for um a song that's called defecation so uh well i suppose that um, makes sense then yeah, uh, to sum it up, it's basically the, the, the lyrical content of it kind of um, suggests that because of the way food production works in the modern day, we are, we are all in a way eating shit. That's uh-huh. essentially what it boils down to. Hmm. I'd like to be there for the casting call in that video. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you put that you put that ad in your daily saver and, you know, have people come to wherever it is you practice and go, you know, needed people to eat shit. Yeah, <laughs> we'll pay top dollar. So <laughs> there you go. I've just written the copy for you. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> that now, do you have? Uh, do you film the things yourself, or do you go through? You know, somebody that does videos, or what's your usual process? No, we do it. We do it ourselves. Um, as I mentioned, kind of in passing earlier, I went to art school and um, I did I did graphic design. But the thing that I enjoyed the most was motion and. Um, that video was actually the first time I got to properly stretch my legs as a, uh, uh, you could say, fil- well, kind of short filmmaker, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've done other things in the past, but that was the most kind of finished. And it's the first thing that I feel like I can say, I'm genuinely proud of that. Hmm. You know, like, I, there's nothing, I, I'm happy I, that I don't see anything wrong with it sort of thing. Wait, the first thing you can say you're proud of? Like, f- fuck the band. It's a, it's a small film that I did. <laughs> well, when it when it comes when it comes to, to video, obviously, I mean, because oh, okay. um, I've done other other short pieces of video, but they've always been a little bit 
kind of rickety, kind of rough and ready. This uh, one I'm happy with. Yeah. I just wanted to clarify. You didn't mean like everything up until now has been garbage in my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should, we, people would have realized when Tony didn't just like punch him in the face. Right. Like, exactly. I mean, there's no video, but you could have heard it. I'm sure. I so. suppose. I don't know. They add those effects in. I mean, you know, we'd, we'd have to, we'd add that in later. I'd get like a stalk of celery and break it to make a, you know, a punching noise. Yeah. Is that how they make a punching noise? I don't remember. I think I think you could have heard it. It might it wouldn't have sounded like a TV punch, but you still could have would have heard it. I feel like you're trying to talk him into doing it to see if you can hear it. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not doing it. I just want to clarify, I'm not promoting violence in any way. Right. Yes. <laughs> Does your music in, promote violence? There you go. I wanted to, I wanted to all of a sudden be like hard hitting news guy. <laughs> Would you say that you influence the kids of today with violence? Look at that. That was even my serious voice. <laughs> I put my hand to my chin and everything when I said it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say actually any of our lyrics are particularly violent. They're um, maybe they talk about violence. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I mean, I, I probably would write one or two violent songs, but most of them come from a very critical standpoint. Like, um, I've been involved with the student protest protest movement a little bit, and and most of the reasons why I started a punk band because I was because I felt there were issues with modern society that were worth getting angry about. Yeah, and so that's kind of where the energy came from. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like you said before, you were talking more about food manufacturing. Um, and yeah. also the irony of the teaser video that we spoke of earlier. Uh, but at the yeah, same time sure. too, it's like, you know, uh, you know, you, you get it, but you know, it, I mean, people do need to make money to exist, uh, unless yeah. you live in some commune sure. and tease yourself. Um, uh, I don't know why. Okay. I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here. Imagine that. So this was just a completely uh, in what we're talking about here. Um, a completely just out of nowhere thing i was uh, have you ever seen the show shark tank or are you familiar with it i've never heard of it it's called um dragon's den or some oh yeah shit like that in okay England. all right okay yeah we know it yeah i mean it's just something we ripped off and changed the name of like we do with everything else uh <laughs> at least television wise and the uh, I, I finally caught an episode of that. I had no idea what it was. And it's literally people just bargaining ridiculous amounts of money for useless crap that will last about five minutes a lot of the time. Or at least that's what I saw. It was this woman creating what she called faux hawks for children. <laughs> and what they were is they were just pieces of fabric that were shaped like a mohawk uh, that they weren't attached to anything. You would wear it around your head with a strap and you could paint them and put glitter on them. And she was like, she, she wanted like millions of dollars for this product. And I'm like, first of all, if the kid did use it, it would last a couple minutes. They'd lose it. Somebody make fun of them or whatever. It was just, I was watching them argue about it. And she was like crying at the fact that they were basically saying, nobody's <laughs> going to buy this fucking thing. And that's, I, that's I what she was as well. Yeah. In there. I've noticed in America your your programs are always so much more dramatic. <laughs> yes, they are. So um, I don't know that this is really a defense of the U.S., but just to clarify, uh, the U.K. did not come up with Dragon's Den. That's uh, a Japanese show. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Huh. Bastards. According to Wikipedia. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, still. Um, 
I did. I did want to. Uh, unlike Wikipedia, we have the uh, the people that can answer this, or presumably can answer this. And um, I noticed that the license on the website is attribution non-commercial, but the license on Bandcamp is attribution non-commercial share alike. Oh. Does the license on the on the website just for the text on the website? Oh, that's interesting. I must have I must have um, actually just made a mistake there. That's, that's completely <laughs> unintentional. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, because it says non-commercial that. on the website. It's just that the logo is just CC. Yeah, yeah. I need to kind of adjust that a little bit anyway. I've been meaning to get back to doing some stuff with it. But um, I'm not sure actually whether, whether I would stick with Sharealike or not. It's interesting because uh, it's like, um, what's it? I think it's... Uh, maybe the MIT license. There's a couple where basically certain types of open source license obviously say you have to share it under the same one, but that can be quite destructive for some people. So I don't know whether I would actually consider getting rid of um, ShareAlike or not. But Yeah, I've always liked the ShareAlike just because I like to uh, sort of see if people will you know, or introduce them to uh, Creative Commons by the fact that they have to kind of share it under the same sort of license. At least Mm. that's kind of my theory on it. Um, I mean, most people don't know what that is. They're just like, you know, they read some blog going, and here's a free way that you can use music, you know, and it's like, well, yeah, yeah, that's great and everything, but I'd like them to get a little knowledge behind it rather than just, you know, go, great, free stuff. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Rather teach them more about it. But uh, mm. at the same time, you can't slide them for the fact that that's exactly why you do it, is that you're saying, yes, you can use my stuff. Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a it's kind of a give take. And that's why I like to use the, the share like. Um, so later yeah. on, if it does, if you do see it, you can go, hey, by the way, you're just yeah, supposed to try and put it under this. Yeah. So so maybe if that gives you some insight. I don't know. Mm. How how does um, buy attribution work in that context? Do you just have a, a rolling list of contributors as it keeps uh, being remixed and re-released? I'm going to defer this one to Doug. I mean, that's what should happen. Does that happen in reality? I really couldn't say. Um, I don't spend enough time on CC Mixter to know how they deal with that. But I think what they do on CC Mixter, you know, if you're not familiar, it's I'm guessing sort of the preeminent creative commons remix site i'm sure there are other remix sites um but they i'm pretty sure have the list of like if so if you used five samples it lists all the samples that you used on the site so i think that's the way that they do it but but that's an interesting thought because i've never heard of anyone sort of doing a remix of a remix of a remix it's sort of Mm -hmm. an interesting you know art project to to think about maybe someone has done it somewhere but i just haven't come across anything that doesn't you know sound like just noise which some people are into just noise but you know like a serious like electronic musician like you know doing samples i just haven't i I, maybe we should spearhead something tom get somebody to do that maybe (laughs) i feel like uh in my head i'm picturing it as if the license being a physical thing gets deteriorated after each use yeah, <laughs> and over time, it's like you can barely tell that it's there anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an interesting thought because you know that the original had these things in there, but once it's been sampled so many times, is any of the original still left? I mean, I guess it's just sort of a fact-specific scenario, but um, well, it depends on if it becomes a clip of noise and a dubstep tune. 
um, mm. that they just stretch out. So it goes, wah, 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 you know, and it's, <laughs> which is how they do it, at least from the videos that I've watched on how to do it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That, yeah, that might be kind of interesting. You, you mentioned the open source software licensing. I mean, that's exactly the way it happens in software is your list of contributors just gets longer. And yeah, but generally speaking, right. music doesn't work that way. But no, of course. Uh, well, and from the history of uh, or my previous use of CC Mixter, uh, that's the thing I like about it is if you even if you find something there and, uh, you know, you can bookmark or download the file. If you're signed, if you're signed in later on, you can go and reference the things that you used so that it doesn't get lost. Or if you do decide to use it on something that maybe you're not doing on CC Mixter, the like if you sample something or a loop or a baseline or something like that. You can look through instead of like going, shit, what the hell was that again? Because the files are all, you know, files are never named properly. So you never know what the hell you're looking at. Um, And and that's why that's cool that you can go in there. I've I've actually had to reference a couple for just stuff that I was messing around with. Um, Mm. And, you know, you can just log in and it's like, oh, you downloaded this or you bookmarked this this file. So that's I, I, I feel like they're one of the few that make it really, really easy to follow that concept. And when you do put something out on there you can reference which ones you used and on the right hand side there's a whole list of shit that it came from and then there's like a a rabbit hole that you can go down where you click into it and then it's like oh this you know here's use this sample from this song and then you click into that song that it was used from and then that song was created using a mix of other samples along with that one or that was the original but it was built around these samples and you can just click through it's like going through the um what to watch next on youtube kind of yeah only with uh samples so it's kind of fun to do. I always enjoy that site when I go there. Um, there was supposed to be, not that this this isn't turning into the CC Mixer, but uh, th- that's okay. There was supposed to be like big changes coming there when last we talked to Susan Doug, and I still have yet to see any huge changes happening there. Have you noticed anything? Uh, I just no, remember she was like, she couldn't tell us uh, what was coming up. It was going to be a big reveal or something. And then I want to say nothing ever happened, but it could be something subtle. Who knows? It might have been something in the background, like, oh, uh, they had like some deal with. Uh, there, there was something, but I think it was just like a temporary, like a contest or something. Oh, I'll have to go back and and look at. Well, I'm guessing. I mean, she didn't tell us. Oh yeah, it was a tune track, wasn't it? Tune track. Maybe that they were doing something with. No, I want to say that was already there. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh well. Um, anyway, hi guys. How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> so why did you uh, why did you choose uh, or why'd you go with the, with Creative Commons? Why are you a Creative Commons artist? <laughs> um, well, I think the main reason was is just like why restrict people and um, you know like anything to kind of help people listen get in get into contact with our music you know because mm-hmm. i just feel that um by copywriting it you're just uh putting a needless barrier in there to people using the music um and you know you've got the uh the non-commercial aspects of it which at least safeguards it for and i get the feeling a lot of bands do this probably especially punk bands that um you put non-commercial there just to stop it from being used on like I don't know, a shampoo commercial or something. Right, because those shampoo commercials are like, we need a punk song. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, to stop people from using it for a purpose that you hadn't envisaged your music being used for, Mm -hmm. sort of thing. 
Yeah. And it, a lot of people have uh, all have an interesting story about how they even discovered uh, Creative Commons, uh, the license itself. Uh, how did you mm. even first hear about it, if you remember? How did I hear about Creative Commons? I think it was probably whilst I was working with, um, as I said before, I was involved with the student protest movement uh, in the UK mm-hmm. when um, basically they were going to hike up, well, they did hike up the tuition fees to about three times the original uh, cost. And hmm. um, because of that, uh, there was a lot of um, political movement for, from the students to try and stop the uh, legislation going through. As part of that, I got involved with a, a group of people who started some open source software called uh, Suki, which um, this was like a, basically a website where we aggregated tweets off Twitter to try and negate the effects of um, a, a policing tactic called kettling, which is uh, basically you, you have a bunch of protesters and then you get all these policemen in and they crush they squash all the people together, and the idea is it works like a kettle. It builds up pressure, and by the time that they've finished the uh, manoeuvre, everyone's so tired that all they can do is go home. Um, and it's got sort of human rights issues and, you know, sealing people off without food or water or, you know, basic sanitation. It's basically pretty bad. And so we produce, we kind of work together on this service that would help people get a heads up when a, a kettle was being formed. And it was during all that time that I started getting involved with looking at open source software. And obviously then that kind of led on to open source licenses like the Creative Commons. Hmm. It's weird, the the transition from, from software over to, you know, using it for artistic reasons. I, I, yeah, for I sure. I find it interesting. Uh, and a lot of people do say that, like they heard about it first when they were doing things with software or using software and realizing like, you know that you can kind of transition over that way yeah i wonder if that as time goes on will be less common because of course free software movement got well depending on how you count basically a 16 year head start so yeah um i mean i don't know in a generation if if people will still make that transition or not well and it's to the time uh we're in the time too where it paying for software or at least uh you know even just markup whether it be php or or wordpress or something like that is very surprising to people like the fact that there was actual language framework languages that you had to pay for to use which i still to this day like even coming in late to the game and in writing languages find so very odd that you're even able to do such a thing uh, it's like it's just it's just fucking text that you put on you know you just put in a hierarchy that yeah. kind of pays attention to each other. It's like how can you not have that work? It's it's very strange to me. But I'm also front end developer, so I don't get a lot of the back end shit. But uh, it, it, it's very. I think people find it surprising. It's kind of like uh, you know kids who are like don't understand that there was a time where you couldn't just look for music on the internet, whether it be YouTube or Spotify, you know, they never had that particular time period where it's like, Oh, you can't use this or well, fine. Someone went and created this new one that you can use freely, you know, that sort of shit. And I think that transitioned a lot. And I, I, I believe that it is more and more the case in the artistic realm where now 
people mm. are leaning more towards getting their stuff out there, uh, putting your album up for, you know, as you as you did uh, a pay what you want or uh, download for an email sort of thing is far yeah. more a regular thing that where it used to be huge news. We're like, Oh my God, these people are giving away their album for free. No way. You know, I, I just did two yeah. people there, a little act end scene. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not that out of the ordinary. Now, if you announce, Hey, we're giving away our album for free. People are like, Oh, cool. They're not like going, Holy yeah. shit. These people are giving it away for free. They're crazy. Um, mm, which you know, is, is funny, really. That's the, you can kind of almost uh, see that as a bad point as well. And it is because, in terms of the articles that you read are, that are against that kind of um, release framework, yeah. is um, you know the idea that we are sort of devaluing music as time goes on. Um, you know that it loses its that you know all this time that we as artists put in to produce this thing um, suddenly no longer has well at least as much value as it did before. Well, and it's it's difficult, too, because of the medium. I mean, there are different ways you can look at it. Now, like, say, whether it be someone who painted a portrait. To own the painting, you pay tons and tons of money. There's only one like it. Uh, much like, yep. okay, in the same sort of theory as this Wu-Tang Clan, uh, sort of what I think is a gimmick, but whatever. Um, I'm not going to go into I don't know that. what you're talking about, Tom. Wu-Tang so Clan have... released a new album. One new album. They have one album for sale. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. They're they're not going to be selling any. They have one, and it's it's like done in a package, and they're going to sell it to whatever somebody wants to pay for it. Wow. Yeah. So they're 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 going to auction it. Yeah. I I'm not sure how they're going to go about it, but it like comes if if I if I remember correctly, it comes in like a silver case or you know like yeah, box so or some shit like that. The International Business Times of the UK says Wu Tang Clan to auction only one copy of auction. top secret album. And the name of the album is Once Upon a Time in Shaolin. Yeah. Shaolin. I'm not, I don't know how to pronounce I think that it's word. Shaolin. Um, Shaolin. But, but it, sounds, the, it sounds Irish when you say it like that. Well, I am Irish, so. Well, no, I mean, the <laughs> word sounds Irish. Oh. Um, I'm going to look this up. Continue talking. I will. Uh, and it's kind of the same sort of thing, but I feel like theirs is far more gimmicky. Now, uh, well, now I want to say both things on it. So with theirs, I'm wondering if theirs is sort of a statement that when they do sell this to somebody it will then be ripped and put mm. online and everybody will have it. But yet they had somebody pay a large amount for it. Now, getting back to saying painting portraits, the person buys the portrait who wants to own it, but you can't make everybody that looks at it go, oh, you can't look at that. You have to pay me to look at that. You know, I mean, it's, no. you know. It, yeah, you could, you could do that. You could, but you'd be a dick. So, I mean, well, I mean muse <laughs> museums do that all the time, Tom. They, they buy do. buy a painting and then they charge people to look at paintings. That's true. But I'm saying like people who take, I'm talking the individual. Now, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And how this started was that it's devaluing music because everybody has the availability of it instead of a record company going, we've decided you're going to do this with it. And that, that's kind of what I'm getting at, where um, you're kind of asking them to just really support the artists. And, and I think that's an interesting way to go about it. Yes, it does get abused. But I think uh, aside from that, it does also put it out there more. And then that person mm. has your music and they're playing it in the background. And somebody's like, what is that? Oh, that's this band. Sure. And it's like, oh, cool. So it, it's a give take. It really is. And it, mm. it sucks yeah. because it would be nice to not have to go to fucking work at eight in the morning every goddamn day. Um, to do something else and then wait till I come home to do what I really want to do. Yep. You know, for sure. it, it, so it is give and take, but it's the, it's the, the choice we made. I mean, if I, it, you know, if I didn't want to create 
then I would just do something else, I suppose. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I feel like I just yelled at you about this and I'm not at all. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying it's interesting the way that stuff like that is turned. And, um, you know, I, I mean, as far as uh, record labels and everything, I feel like they're the, the proponents who are like, oh, you can't do things this way. And everybody's like, fine, mm. well, fuck you. Then we're going to take care of ourselves, which well, I yeah. think that's the good part that came out of it. Is everybody well, yeah, now I mean, in true punk style, isn't it? Do it yourself, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And and why not? I mean, that's why the seven inch. I feel like that's why the seven inch became so popular in the in the eighties and uh, mm. you know early nineties was because people would do it that way and put out you know essentially would a seven inch be an EP? No, it wouldn't because it's just a single. Usually was uh, one song, two songs, mm. one on each side. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Started thinking about seven inches there. That's oh my god, that's out of context. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh, fuck. Uh, So, so what's the uh, Creative Commons culture like where you are anyway? Uh, Aside from, I mean, you you talked about the the student movement and everything. Are are you ever? uh, You're totally not reading the questions off the list. I'm totally not reading the questions off the list. (laughs) Fuck your list. <laughs> do you do you know any other creative uh, commons musicians or uh, any like-minded musicians that also use this this particular license? Um, it's funny. I haven't really met many um, <clears throat> sort of locally in the UK. There is one actually that I can think of. That last time I talked to them, they were get, definitely going down that kind of route. It's funny because we started off kind of producing alongside them. And he was very much at the time saying, oh, you know, um, <clears throat> you have to charge for this. What about the the mixer? What about, you know, the master, the people and the producer, these people who put so much effort into it? Surely they deserve some money as well. And then recently I had another talk with him and he was much more open to the idea of just getting the music out there and saying, well, you know, actually it's better to kind of offer it for free and make sure that, that people actually hear it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and they would be, <clears throat> I think they're still a two-piece. Uh, they're called Little Death Machine. Um, hmm. They're like, how do you describe it? It's sort of like... Gothy punk. Goth, electro, goth, punk. punk. Yeah. Very interesting. They're very worth listening to. Um, definitely worth checking out. Um, they're the only other British guys I can think of off the top of my head that would... that um, would. I don't know if they do, do uh, Creative Commons, but they definitely have this right sort of ethos i think to to do something like that yeah even going the the diy route uh or the self-release route sort of thing and yeah uh, and probably by example is why they changed their mind too because uh, if you had spoken with them and then you uh came back i mean they're probably like oh you released your ep and you know as soon as you start getting some press or some news or it starts popping up in other places they're like oh shit and all we're doing is you know going hey buy our album maybe you know, instead oh, yeah. of like, you know, why don't why don't you come and uh, you know, have it and share it and all that kind of shit, you know? So I just looked up their Bandcamp page and they are uh not CC, so you can't go and remix their stuff. However, uh it is a name your price release. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Maybe I should have a word with them. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> that sounded yeah, threatening because, for some reason. Like, you know. Yeah, <laughs> tell them if they release under a remixable license, then they can come on our show, and maybe we'll have our technical issues sorted out. So <laughs> it'll be a great experience for them. Never. Yeah. What kind of show would it be without technical issues in the beginning? <laughs> what fun would that be? Um, so anyway, uh, the uh, as we wrap things up here, uh, we like to ask two questions uh, to all the people that we interview. Um, just to learn some things and also to, uh, kind of maybe explain some things to us that we didn't know. Uh, one, aside from this band that we just spoke about, are there any other people that you think, uh, in the creative commons music community, whether you know them or not, we should try to get on the show. Um, there is one band actually that I got in contact with recently. Um, once again, I mentioned because I work for a graphic design consultancy, sometimes myself, I have to look for music that, um, you can kind of negotiate a price on, right. uh, which I feel very dirty saying, but it, it becomes a, you know, it becomes a necessity depending on your client and what they can afford and all kinds of, uh, you know, different factors. But they were really nice. Um, and I think they're definitely worth talking to. They, I, I really quite like what they're doing. Uh, they're called the Vitamin Pets. V- Vitamin, or are you? St- uh, vitamin. Vitamin. Ah, I thought that's what you said, but I'm like, are you doing the the vowel enunciation, the you know, in a different way? Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, they're they're they they do Creative Commons. They're they're pretty good. Okay. It was at this point as we were wrapping up that my digital recorder ran out of space. So we just want to thank Hearst Pileup for being on the show today. And This has been another Music Manument podcast at musicmanument.com.